Welcome back or welcome to the Single Track Podcast. I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and in this episode, we are talking with Robbie Simpson, a professional trail runner for Adidas Terex based in Bankery, Scotland, preparing for the 2022 Ultra Trail Cape Town 55K in a few days. In addition to his preparation and thoughts on the event, we also spend a bit of time on his racing background, including his history with Sears and All, OCC. We also spend a bit of time talking in general about the sub-ultra trail racing scene. With that, let's get started. All right, Robbie Simpson, welcome to the Single Track Podcast. Thanks. Good to be here. Before we get into Cape Town, I'd love to get some background for the listeners that may not be familiar with you. If I understand correctly, you're based in Northeast Scotland. And I guess my first question is, have you found that that area of the world is conducive to the training that you need to be, that you need to do to be successful on a high level? Or do you find yourself needing to go on sort of like training camps around the world to get more specificity in? Um, Yeah, you're totally right there. Like I like living in Scotland. I think it's a great place and that's where I grew up and there are great trails and mountains to run on um, and some challenging conditions. But to be honest, you're lacking the altitude, you know, specific training, heat, all those things. So I do spend a lot of time of the year going abroad to train, but that's that's nice um, if you've got, if you're able to do it. Um, Yeah. And, And I can keep a good level of training at home. It's sort of in between. You can do some good road training, some okay mountain running, but nothing quite amazing in both. Um, but yeah, generally it's, it's pretty good. What's your lifestyle like? Do you do this as a, as an athlete for Adidas Terex? Do you do this full time or do you have other careers and, and responsibilities on your plate? Um, luckily not too many responsibilities in a career or anything. I get done bits of coaching and things, but mostly, I've managed to find a way of just running and traveling, um, which I'm very grateful to do. Um, yeah, I found a, make, a way to make it work and be very flexible because I think it'd be really difficult to, to do this well. Um, with a job, you know, you'd you'd be reliant on someone giving you time off and things like that. And yeah, it'd be, I think it's just good to do it properly with as much time as possible or to then just do it at a, a level where you accept that you can't do it so well. I was doing a bit of research for this episode and... Uh... You'll, you might have to fact check me here, but if I understand this correctly, you have over or you have 10 Sears and all finishes and I think a bunch of second places in there. And if I remember correctly, you had this kind of legendary finish where I think you were in the lead with like five or 600 meters to go. And um, I can't remember the runner's name, but you got overtaken in that last that last uh, that last bit there that's one of the most competitive races in the world, like at any level of trail and ultra running. Have you figured out a formula at this distance that you're confident works? Like, do you think that there's like a right way to train for all these races on the Golden Trail series? Um, no, I think there's loads of different ways. So I've done the race 10 times at Sierra Al and I've ran, I mean, in part from this year, it was quite consistent for a lot of years. I had eight years of more or less very, very similar positions, very similar times. And that was eight completely different ways of training for it. So to begin with i was doing really short distance running you know uphill only races like one hour long 10k stuff and then i went into doing some road stuff i could still go from the road running into doing that and run exactly the same time then i went into more ultra not really long but you know 50k up to 80k then was still able to run almost exactly the same so i don't know if there's a secret formula there's certain things you have to be able to do but i think actually in a race like that you can do it from any 
any uh, angle or preference, you can still find a way um, to perform well in 30K. Sears and all is obviously, like I said, one of the most competitive races in the world, bar none. You've faced people like Killian multiple times. I've always been curious, who have been some of the toughest competitors you've faced, not just in terms of like their raw physical talent, but maybe also in terms of just the, the, the competitiveness they exude and how mentally tough they are in the most critical sections of the race. Um, yeah, for sure, Killian, I think, is the, the best one at that because you always, there was a few times where I was in front of him at parts of the race and you think maybe this is the time, you know, this is when he's gone. This is this is my, my opportunity to make the move and to make the break. But then you get the feeling that it's, he's just letting you do that. Like he could... He could be in front of you if he wants, but he's just chilling for a little while. Lets you get ahead, and then you think you've got it, but then he still claws you back. Um, so yeah, for sure, Killian number one, and then Petro Mamu. He was the guy who overtook me 500 meters before the end that time. And again, I was so sure. I mean, there were, there were a few problems I had in that last part of the race, but it's when I um, when I passed him, it was about 5k to go, and I was thinking he's absolutely done. You know, he's nothing left. He was asking me for a gel. I gave him my last gel thinking, yeah, like I'm not going to see him again. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and then it was, he got a second win. But in that time, I also, I was really struggling with the heat and I started really, I don't know, I was really confused and it was all over the place mentally and wobbly legs. And then I collapsed at the end. So I was really not in a good place, but I couldn't believe he made that comeback in the last few K. You know, I was so far ahead and I thought this is done. I can jog it in, but it was he wasn't done at all. So he'd be number two, and then third, I think, would have been John Albin. Actually, not in Sierra's and Albert when I raced him last year in OCC, and again yes. he just wouldn't give up. He just was relentless, <laughs> always fighting. And then he did, you know, take the win in the end. So yeah, it's a lot of these guys in the sport. <laughs> well, it, it it makes me want to ask you, and for context, you know, you're the last time I followed you earlier this year you were coming off a podium finish at OCC. I think it was your second podium finish in as many years. You said it took a big mental effort getting back into racing mode after a significant rough patch in the middle. And based on what you said there with like John Albin, for example, um, at the highest levels of the sport, do you think it's possible to compete purely based off the fitness you've built in training? Or is it inevitable that in a race environment, there's going to be like a significant amount of mental work needed to push through and to compete? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I think in the shorter distances, it is more fitness and yeah, specific training, all these sorts of things. Even in Sierra Zanal, like a lot of it comes down to that because it's only in that say two hour thirty time. You know, it's it's not so much time, and it can be hot and things, but less can go wrong. But certainly in OCC, just uh, going over five hours for me, like as longer it gets, the more things there are that go wrong, and even if it's with nutrition or last year i took a wrong turn at one point which was annoying but that is just always these little things and it's never plain sailing if you're lucky then yes it's just the fitness but yeah weather conditions all sorts of things like that which just makes it more exciting than just otherwise you know who's going to win a lot of the time before the race starts moving to cape town uh what brings you to the race like what's the appeal the inspiration the motivation for being here um well I've never raced and uh, never done a trail race in Africa at all. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about Cape Town and about the running here. So um, two of my teammates are from um, South Africa who joined this year, um, Bianca and Tony, Tony McCann. Um, and they, yeah, they were telling me about the race and they said, you've got to come down here. It's really good. And then I thought like, well, it's a good time of year. 
because in in Scotland and this time in November it's freezing cold and right. wet and windy and dark. And I thought, well, this season I didn't feel quite satisfied with the summer. If I'm honest, I had a bit mm. of an injury in in the spring and getting into the racing was, I felt like there was more to give. And then when this race came up as a once uh, supported by Adidas Terex, I was thinking, yeah, like yeah, get me there, I'll do it. Mm. And um, especially being able to come here for a few weeks, I think. I would really struggle just coming straight from Scotland to race here with the the trails being as they are and, and the heat. But having the chance to come out four weeks before was just a deal breaker. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, just a good experience. You know, I think you have to go and try races that are a bit out of the comfort zone as well. Um, and this is exactly that. Follow up to that. Does it matter to you that the races you participate in are affiliated with like a larger event series like the Golden Trail or UTMB World Series or... Do you have other reasons for why you pick races? Um, yeah, I'm not bothered about what what banner they come under. I just race races that look good, sound good, and kind of fit with my my own plans, whether that's with the calendar, whether that's with the sponsor saying it's a good idea. Like if they tell me it's a good race to do and it works for me, I'll do it because yeah. I'm not very fussy. Like I like going back to Sierra's and Al because it's it's just one I've been to a lot of times. But otherwise, I'm, I'm keen to try new races and I'm also a little bit careful about what distances distances I would do. Like I wouldn't go into a hundred mile or a hundred k at this stage unless I knew a lot about the course. But for like a fifty k, yeah, like I'll give anything a go probably unless it's like a sky race. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was checking out your Strava. It looks like you've been in Cape Town for three weeks now, getting to know the course. Can you talk about what the day to day has been like and? Um, just maybe your, your your thinking process for getting out there so early pre-race is that something you do for a lot of races um yeah if i've got the choice i always like to be out somewhere for at least a few weeks so normally there's two things it's either getting used to altitude if it's a race that's going up quite high that's not an issue here luckily but it's more the weather conditions um yeah close to freezing temperatures at home or yeah yeah just a lot colder so here it's not going to be very hot, but it's certainly too hot for me to come for Scotland and still perform well. Um, so that's the main thing. And I think that takes about two weeks normally to get used to. But the trails here are quite technical. You know, they're famously known for being a bit gnarly in places, quite rocky and rough. And you don't really know what to expect until you get there. So I was trying to train on stuff like that at home, just imagining what it might be like. But then you get here and it is a bit different. So that's why I wanted to be here. And just every day, the plan was to see the whole course as well. Um, and that's nice when you've got a few weeks to break it up and um, and spread it out <clears throat> and then go back again to other parts if you want to a second time. So that's kind of been the, the plan and, yeah, why I decided to come so early. You're entered into the, the 50K race. How are you feeling heading in? How's training been? Um, training's been really good, actually, since the, the summer season. I had a couple of easy weeks after OCC and then started building up again and felt really fit coming into this. But again, there's only <laughs> fitness, like you say, is only part of the part of the equation. So it was going really well in the UK. I was feeling really fit and yeah, efficient, good uphill and everything. And then coming here, the trails are are tough. So technical running is, is probably not my strength compared to speed or uphill or things like that. So that's been something else I've had to adjust to. So that's yeah i mean i feel a lot more confident now after being here and seeing the course i think it's going to be a feeling good for it and ready but it's just different you know it's slightly out of what i normally do so it's hard to say for sure how i'll be under pressure and if there's some good guys there 
Um, but yeah, I'm feeling as well as I can physically. Are there any people in the field that you're looking forward to competing with? Um, well, there's a couple of guys on my team I'm looking forward to racing with, um, Macy and Jesh from Adidas Terex, but I haven't really looked at the field. I never look at who's there or anything. I just turn up and, and sort of run because you don't know. And there's no point worrying about like some guy who might be fast or might not be fast and just, right. I, th- I think you just, yeah, start the race and sort of, uh, feel your way through it at the beginning and get into a rhythm. Um, and also it's one of those races where it's very varied. So the first part is quite technical. There's some really, uh, some tough stuff, even just in the first 10 K and some scrambling sections. And I think it's better just to not worry about it and just get that done and then start racing once the, the course smoothens off a little bit and I can get into my stride. So, um, yeah, I've not really looked who else is racing. You probably know more about it than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, last question I have for you. Um, I'm from the U.S. and I and I do remember you competing at the North Face 50 mile race um, out in San Francisco, California, back in 2019. And I'm not sure if you've done more of that distance since then. But you, you talked earlier in this conversation about the importance of going outside your comfort zone, or just the interest in going outside your comfort zone when it comes to all the different distances in our sport. Is there going to be more of that in your future? Like, what's the window for your current distance, and do you see yourself? I don't want to say evolving, but at some point transitioning to like the 50 mile, hundred K hundred mile stuff in the future. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I did try another 50 mile last year. Um, and I, it just didn't quite click, you know, I had quite a bad experience with that. And I don't know mm-hmm. if it was just tiredness after a busy season and a lot of racing or whether it was just the way I approached the race or training and all these things. So I don't feel it's really clicked. I mean, the time in San Francisco, was actually okay that was my first ever ultra race i hadn't done a 50k or anything i just went straight into that and had a good time but just did fade quite a lot due mm. to poor pacing poor nutrition you know all the classics um so i feel things have improved since then but i've not had another really good go at it um so definitely yes i think maybe a year from now i'll be trying something again a bit longer and hopefully getting it right i think i need to choose the right race i think it's difficult to to jump into like a world-class 100k and then suddenly you know run the best race of your life at a distance you've never nailed before but i think i might need to start off somewhere where i can control more things and just get it right once and then take it to a bigger stage and try and replicate it again um because at the moment i don't quite have the last one just put me off you know the last three hours just slogging my way through thinking like oh because i really enjoy the short distances you know i love running hard and i love running up climbs and really pushing the pace but once it goes above say five six hours then things just drop off a bit and then it's a different kind of fitness and and mental strength so i need to really learn that um potentially but then if i try it and i hate it i'll just go back to back to the short ones that i enjoy um but yeah i want to do like even 100 mile you know like western states once just to experience it until then, and I, this is maybe my last question, until then, do you see, like, is part of the mission in your career to to win a race like OCC, given that you've been so close now two years straight? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I never, like, put these goals of, I need to win this, I need to win that. It's just more a case of, I want to do the races and feel like I've done them justice. And yeah. last year, I did feel like I gave a really good result in OCC. This year, I didn't. I, like, things went wrong, and I, I managed to get back into it again, and I'm happy with it, but I do feel like I didn't quite, the first year was great, but just that wrong turn annoyed me. So I want to go back and just nail it 
one more time and then be happy with that. And then I'd like to move up to like CCC, I think. Um, but yeah. (laughs) Well, Robbie, great to chat. Great to meet. Looking forward to following your race here in a couple of days. Um, yeah, we'll chat soon. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening. Before we sign off, if you are a fan of the show, please consider supporting us with a rating and review in your podcast player, a donation on Patreon, or the use of our sponsored discount codes in the show notes. Thanks again. We really appreciate your support. Really appreciate you listening. Until next time, I'm your host, Finn Melanson, and you have been listening to the Single Track Podcast.